Welcome to the Pack the House Show, where we have conversations about sharing your faith as you walk through life with others. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Pack the House. My name is Andrew Osborne and I'm joined once again by Aaron Davis and Pastor Jason Tabor. Hola. And apparently we're speaking in Spanish today. Sí, podemos hablar español si quiere. Oh, wow. That's real fancy. No hablo español. Mm. Qué lástima. Uh, un poco. Un poco. Everybody says un poco. They speak a lot more. They just get nervous. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do anymore. Okay, we let's go. continue <laughs> on our series of Christ and culture. And this week we are talking about uh, who in our lives comes first. Uh, is it us or is it the people around us or who? So we're going to get into that. Uh, and we, we looked at Philippians 2 verses 3 through 11. Uh, and I'll read a little bit of that. Uh, so starting at verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more sufficient than yourselves, significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God something to be a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And we'll just stop for there for, for today. That that's enough Bible. Yeah, that fits what an appropriate sermon for Mother's Day. That's right. I don't think that was maybe it was planned. I don't. I wasn't in on the planning. Yeah, it, so. it, it lines up very, very good. Very well. Pastor Max did uh, be sure to say, "Mom comes first today, especially." Mm -hmm. <laughs> he made the kids say it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what what do we learn from this verse? From the verse, <laughs> or, or from this topic uh, about who who should come first. There you go. Um, so first point that I, I want to uh, just put out there, I had this thought as Pastor Max was preaching. I actually had the opportunity to sit and listen to a sermon uh, on Sunday, which was really fun. Uh, you guys should do it. <laughs> I recommend it. Um, so the first thing that just a thing that came in my mind, and i not saying that, that Pastor Max or any of our pastors were implying this, but uh, throughout all of, all of our um, Christ in culture uh, sermon series up to this point, and even some that are moving that will come later on. Um, we're sort of taking the direction that the thing that we're, um, I, I guess, espousing as Christians is countercultural, is different from the culture that we find ourselves in. But one thing that occurred to me is this idea of selflessness, which is really what's meant by who comes first, right? Um, this idea of selflessness is not necessarily countercultural. It's not necessarily true. Uh, it's not true, uh, <laughs> definitively, uh, that, for example, Christians get this and the world doesn't understand how to be selfless. Right. Uh, is that fair? Do you? Yeah, I think, I, I think okay. there's a there's a big uh, thing about helping, you know, the less fortunate, like mm -hmm. that's, you know, a cultural movement that's not necessarily Christian only. You know, I do think that back in like the Roman times, that was something that made Christians way different. Uh, made them stand out sort of the degree of their selflessness right uh, but i think nowadays i think that's more just across the board i think that's just something like if you're a good person you're going to help people <laughs> yeah well and i think there are christians and not non-christians who both do this and those who don't do this so i, sure. I think there are, 
Christians even who put themselves in a lot of situations. Sometimes I do. Right. Oh yeah. Ask my wife. Uh, <laughs> don't. <laughs> who fed the baby last night? <laughs> uh, last night she did. I did fed it this morning. I fed it. <laughs> Him. Um, yeah, so the other, I mean, the thing that came to my mind, too, that's a, a, a great point, um, kind of about community service is a thing that Christians do, but non-Christians as well. Uh, you know, in, in a lot of my previous schoolwork, I, I read a pile of leadership books, and in every single one of them, it talks about the idea of servant leadership, uh, leading by serving, uh, leading from the back, uh, from below, whatever it might be. And so I think it's really true. Uh, that this is something that the world understands. It's also uh, what I, I've been reading. <laughs> I'm reading a book about um, about Apple after Steve Jobs died, and so it talks a lot about Johnny Ive, uh, who's the multi-billionaire, you know, kind of awesome designer of all things. And it talked to it, uh, repeatedly. The author makes this point about how he was known to open doors for other colleagues. Aw, that's good. Like, it's sweet. It's nice. Literally, yeah, a physical, literally open physical doors. Uh, <laughs> now, it turned out maybe that's because he designed a building where they couldn't find them. Uh, that's actually true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Where the door is. <laughs> right. They did literally put stickers on to say, like, you know, don't crash into this. Uh, <laughs> but that's not the point I wanted to make. Just a lot of coffee. Uh, the point I wanted to make out of that, I, you know, I was, I, I, for weeks I've been listening to this book because it's that long. And, have been wondering why does he keep saying this you know i think it's because um and i had this thought as i was listening to, to max preach when we see that in our culture especially out of somebody that shouldn't have to we really admire it uh and i think we can use that we'll talk about that as we as we go forward yeah i think that makes sense like if you see a mom you just assume she's being selfless to her kids. Like she's giving her kids stuff. But when you mm -hmm. see like the CEO of like a fortune 500, the fact that he's helping people when he, I mean, he doesn't really, he doesn't know these people. He doesn't, he doesn't know them. them. He doesn't need to. Yeah. yeah. Got other stuff to but do. The fact that he's doing that, it is more something that's, that sticks out a little more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of us, uh, if we see someone um, who, who's not willing to get dirty and to help out with the, the small things, uh, we start to get um, resentful that that we're doing all the work and they're just sitting there reaping all the benefits. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's why a lot of people prefer their their leaders to also be servant leaders. Yeah. So let's talk about what this means that that this is a thing that's part of our wider culture beyond our Christian church. What this means and then what what we can do with that. Um, so theologically. Um, to use theological language, why is it that even non-believers understand and appreciate and admire selflessness and, and aspire to it, right? Why does it show up in the leadership books? Um, looking at that uh, through a Christian lens, I would say this, that that is another instance of, um, of that being created in God's image. When we talk about being, all of us are created in God's image, that's a, a, a a flavor or an aspect of what it means to be created in God's image. So that's kind of the theology behind it. Um, something just happened. So can you guys still hear? Yeah, yeah. we got you. Okay, but it turned off the AirPods. Oh. Uh, don't know why. And we uh, see that example in Jesus also, like when he tells his disciples, uh, if 
if any of you wants to be the greatest, you need to serve everyone. And yeah. Those kind of things he said pretty regularly. Yeah, so Jesus says it, um, but even people who don't follow Jesus or maybe never have heard of him also sort of innately understand this as valuable. Right. Um, and that is because that you know that's an aspect of um, having been created right. in the image of God. Right. So for us, what that means is it's, it's a place of common ground. Yeah. It's a yeah. place of common ground that we can speak to, um, where we can relate even with a, a non-believer. It does make you feel good, too. Like... You know, even if you're like dreading doing the task, like I know Andrew spread mulch this week, right? Like if he was spreading mulch for his neighbor, it's like, that doesn't sound fun at all. But then after you get done spreading mulch and you're both sitting around having a beer, like you feel good. Like you feel good that you accomplished something, you helped somebody like I'm, that. He wouldn't well, have been able to do that by himself. You know what I mean? Not to toot my own horn, but that is actually what happened. So I, oh, I had mulch in my driveway and my two neighbors across the street had more mulch in their driveways. And so I finished mine and then took my wheelbarrow over there and helped them finish theirs. And it, it did feel good just to be together and to help out. And uh, it made them happy, which <laughs> makes me happy. And this is not the direction of this conversation, but Aaron's making an excellent point. Um, those are all opportunities to, whether you do, do it with a beer afterward or whether you just do it uh, as you're spreading the mulch, all great opportunities for a conversation. So yep. good point. Even but, though you're going to be sore the next day. Either way, you're sore the next day. Might as well get the conversation and or the beer out of it. <laughs> uh, but steering the, the bus back in the direction of, of selflessness in this sermon. Um, yes, somebody has to. Uh, who thought it would be me? <laughs> so this is our common ground opportunity, right? Uh, we both, both Christians and our non-believing friends, neighbors, coworkers, uh, aspire to and appreciate the same thing. And sometimes, to, to your point, not every time, but sometimes do that thing. <laughs> so what do we do with that? Um, so where I want to go next is how do we talk about, or how do we use that to our advantage as in, in terms of sharing our faith? And I'm going to answer my own rhetorical question. <laughs> I guess I'm the only one that can answer a rhetorical question. Right? That's true. Uh, so there's an opportunity here if we talk about it in the right way. So I'll ask you guys the same question I asked earlier. When you do something for someone, maybe that they weren't expecting and, they're, and they're, you know, oh, thanks very much. Really appreciate that. What is almost always the response? No problem. No problem. No problem. Not I'm a big, happy to help. Happy to help. Yeah. Uh, so there's lots of ways of answering the question, all of which are accurate, right? Um, it probably wasn't a problem. It probably wasn't that big a deal. You certainly might be happy to help. Um, you know, they might, you know, you, you really deserved it. You really looked like you needed it. Probably both true. <laughs> so there's lots of accurate ways uh, to answer the question. But uh, there is another accurate way of answering the question that would allow us to um, make it into a faith statement. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what that might look like, how we would use that interaction and, and that response to um, bring a little bit of good news. This is not necessarily a rhetorical question. So what I say usually is I don't, I don't really say no problem or happy to help. I always say that's what I'm supposed to do because yeah. 
that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. And most people that know me, even though they're not Christian, they know I am right. And so I think that it like they, it spills onto that. Like, I don't need to say like, that's what I'm supposed to do because Jesus sacrificed for me. So I'm supposed to sacrifice for other people. Like, I don't need to go into a diatribe about it. You know what I'm saying? Like with the diatribe, it seemed like a nice sentence, but go ahead. <laughs> but like, I don't you, like, you know, sometimes people are put off if you talk about Jesus every time, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And we're helping people a lot. It's not like we're, this is just a one-time thing. And so I always say like, that's what I'm supposed to do. And then they're like, Oh, why is she supposed to do that? And then they can put the puzzles together. They're not dumb. <laughs> You know, so. well, that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, although there is the off occasion where I'm like, that's what I'm supposed to do because Jesus sacrificed for me. So I sacrifice for others. So that's fine. I'll take your point. I'm, can I push you a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If I, if it's a supposed to, um, that is something of a report comes a, it, the word supposed to means it's something of a requirement or a rule. I know that's not what you're what you're after, right? Uh, but if you wanted to, if you wanted to rephrase that similar idea with more of a joyful, hopeful phrasing, what might you say? That's what we're called to do. That might work. Yeah. Um, or my yeah. mom. My mom does really well. She says that's how we love. Like okay. that's how we love. She says that to a, to a lot of stuff. I like that. That has, again, that more kind of hopeful flavor to it. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted to take it one step further, um, one thing I wrote down in my notes that I had used before is um, I try to live the way Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Was that a diatribe? <laughs> no, but I like I'm yep. surrounded by people that are uncomfortable with just saying the name of Jesus. Right. So. I've got to find ways to sneak him into the conversation without actually saying his name. I'm agreeing with you. You don't say Jesus every time. Sometimes it works to um, leave a little bit unsaid. What yeah. I also want to do, since we're talking to other people, is yeah. give ideas for where how we might, if we want to put Jesus in. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm obviously not anti-speaking about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> since I am a Christian and I love him. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Like it, you have to kind of read the conversation to see yeah. like, would they take offense to me saying just Jesus name? Right. If so, maybe I'll find a sneakier way to, to make the same point. Exactly. But I, I also agree with you, Jason. It's, sneakier it's way. the gentler way, gentler way. Yeah. Just don't be <laughs> sneaky. We're not trying to sneak <laughs> Jesus up on anyone. <laughs> oh, I sneak Jesus into everything, man. <laughs> but I'll leave it alone. Uh, <laughs> But I, th- I mean, I think that's the point of these conversations is that we're all talking to different levels of people that are not believers. And all so, of us talk to people at different points in that journey in any given day. Yes, exactly. And I know you have, have friends and acquaintances, uh, coworkers, whatever it might be at different points in the journey. For one of them, a gentle, gentler, more um, roundabout type answer will be best. For others, it might be okay, and it might be time to be slightly more direct. Right. Exactly. The conversation, uh, one that I've used a similar uh, that I've used in the past uh, that sort of splits the difference between the two is um, again it builds off that idea that there's common ground here that you and I both recognize the value of this, but maybe for different reasons. And so I, I have responded to things like this in the past by saying. 
you know, for me, it's something that, that is an article of my faith or a, an aspect of my faith. Uh, so again, it, it, it hopefully splits the difference between that's what I'm called to do. That's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, I live like Jesus does. Yeah. I, as you were saying that, it made me think like I, I could see myself saying something like, well, at our church this weekend, we, we learned about being selfless and uh, serving others. So I, I'm just trying to practice that. Yeah, trying that's to put in- that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Double value in that. Um, listeners, watchers, watchers, viewers, if you want to do as Andrew did and, and put it back to what you talked about in church, uh, there's double value in that. Number one, it gets that good news across. Number two, it says, hey, there's a group full of church people who actually um, try to practice being good to others. Right. And their church is telling them to do that. <laughs> um, yes. So that's helpful. Um, For sure. That's that good. This feels like a, like a good stopping point to me. Are we good? Yeah, I think so. Well, I had one more thing about the, I'm trying to do what, you know, I, I mean, you know, I can't let it go. No, I'm just saying. Um, I have one more thing about the whole, like, um, that's what I heard at church, like Andrew was saying, right? I have noticed that, you know, when you are listening to the sermon, whatever it is, God will open an opportunity throughout the week to do whatever it was that you were convicted by in the sermon, right? Or whatever was happening in the sermon, like without fail, like in my life, every week, something has happened where I can, I can live that out or he gives me the opportunity to live it out. Now I don't always take the opportunities and then I kick myself later. Well, but, Jesus does the hard parts and he'll figure it out. Exactly. But if we're in, if you are list, if you are listening with intent and then you're, no, you're hearing something yeah. definitely. I mean, that's definitely, I mean, I talk to my husband all the time. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that happened in the sermon. And then we'll like talk about it. Cause I'm, it's, it's always present. Like his word is living. It's always in our lives, no matter even That's if we don't want it to be. So, so with that in mind, maybe we'll end with this. Um, where is the? Where is there an opportunity in your life? Who's the person in your life this week who could use a helping hand? Who could use an act of kindness? Is the language that, uh, that the world, the world around us, we hear all the time. Uh, who's that person that you could um, do some selfless service toward? And then, um, as you're thinking about that, think also about how you would. Um, if the opportunity comes, how you would talk to them about that, that might uh, bring Jesus a little closer. Okay. Also one more thing. And this is because I hang out with a different generation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One more thing. (laughs) So sometimes that person is you. I hang out with a lot of the older generation and sometimes they are not taking care of themselves because they're taking care of other people too much. So if you notice that that is you, be kind to yourself, right? Okay, fair enough. Okay, that's that's all. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Fifty plus. Take care of yourselves. That's we got the last word. We love you. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of the last word, Pastor, would you want to pray for us? Sure. Jesus, we thank you for uh, the service that you did for us, the selflessness that you showed uh, by uh, not only giving up your um, your king your kingdom your kingliness. Uh, to walk among us, to die in our place. Um, We thank you for the opportunity that opened to us to be part of your family. Uh, As we 
continue to go about our week. Um, we do ask, as Aaron suggested, that you would open our eyes toward those opportunities to be selfless toward others, uh, to help where we can, to offer encouragement through our actions, uh, through those things that we're able to do. But then also, Lord, give us the words, um, if we should be asked, uh, to talk about that, to um, explain that in a way that uh, goes beyond the platitudes and um, uh, helps others see you, you more clearly. In Jesus' name we pray that. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for the conversation and thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next week. Bye, ya. Thanks for joining us for the Pack the House show. For more content like this or to connect with us, visit our website, cornerstonelutheran.church.